he said something that I thought was very profound is that we are drowning in information and starving for wisdom. I agree with that. You'll see, I use the hashtag saying research challenge. And that's really what I encourage people to do. Hey ladies and welcome back to Perspective. Holy, it feels like we haven't spoken in so long, but we have. It's weird. Like who knows what day it is, what time it is, what year it is at this point. Honestly, the days all bleed together. Like I know right now we're recording on a Monday. This comes out tomorrow on Tuesday, but it could be like a Wednesday. It could be a Friday. I don't even know. There's no rhyme or reason. It's all just rolling by and I feel like, you know, half the time I think it's Friday and it's like Tuesday. It's just, there's no, I have no sense of time or hours anymore. That disappointment happens way too often, even to the point where I'm like, oh, don't worry guys. Like, you know, talking to my teammates at work. Oh, thank God it's a Friday. They're like, yeah, no, it's not. Like, okay. (laughs) So it's just no good thing to come from this then. Like, thanks for ruining my day. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing just great thinking I wasn't coming here tomorrow. <laughs> and by coming here, I mean going to my kitchen table because, well, I don't leave my house. So great. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the same boat. Have been for yeah. over a year. There's no going anywhere. It's yeah. from my bedroom to the office and has been that way for quite some time now. I have just yeah. fully like stopped attempting any kind of like, you know, real like grooming of myself <laughs> that's a little terrifying because like what is it that's not happening anymore <laughs> like my well for example I took the sugaring course as you know to learn how to body sugar and I've been trying to let just my body be sugared rather than shaving anymore so naturally that means you have to let the hair grow in to be a certain mm-hmm. length to then <laughs> rip it out um and I do love it it's it's such a different like experience and I do like the aftermath too but it's been who am I seeing where am I going I'm doing nothing it's not like I'm walking around with my arms up and over my head like on a regular <laughs> so I was lying in you bed did that before COVID though right now, after COVID I just might who knows what the effects are gonna be just wandering around waving my arms flailing screaming surprise oh, wait, we that's... haven't already started yeah that's what I do every morning I wake up just flailing and wailing <laughs> another fucking COVID day (laughs) (laughs) it's we're in ground dog day to be honest like that's what it's like um but yeah no I uh I was laying in bed with my husband and I had one arm under my head and he rolled over to just you know we were just chatting and he was face to face with my very very unsugared armpit that has been (laughs) like quite a few weeks and the shriek he made was unlike anything I've ever heard. It was, it was pure terror. It was horror, <laughs> terror, disgust, you name it. None of the good emotions. And so obviously I burst into hysterical laughter because I didn't even really realize at first because I can't see them like unless I'm How long like, are we talking? Like we're like an inch? Yeah. It's oh, a, it was that's a good really length. fucking long. That's <laughs> way I thought you were going to be like, what? That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably close to an inch anyway. Yeah, it was a good length. Um, so, and it was full. It was a, a good, good 
good spread on the armpit. It's hilarious. I love how it's like the bush and the pits that, well, at least you haven't like stopped washing your ass or something like that. No, like showering is less often, I will say. Um, it just seems so pointless, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Well, through the screen, Hygiene you can hardly is... even tell like the greasy hair. So, and dry I don't see anybody. I'm real. rarely on uh camera when I do my zoom calls and like honestly like it's just it's so much effort to like for nothing so yeah I I mean I clean myself I'm not walking around with dirty ass as you <laughs> elegantly put it in my never in my life have I walked around with a dirty ass you're not a, about to start now good <laughs> a dirty b-hole um but no it's true pits and pits and pussy yeah they uh they grow and they don't get looked after I'm far less likely to shave my legs than I am. Like, my armpits, I cannot let those grow because it's just so uncomfortable. Um, So they are always shaved. But that's, like, that's just pure comfort. That's certainly not out of any sort of, you know, proactivity with grooming or taking care of myself. That's just simply comfort. So I can't (laughs) chalk that up to me having my shit together. I just can't live with hairy armpits. But no, my legs will go on far too long to the point where I can't sleep because the leg hair is so long and it's like rubbing on my sheets and it's like really uncomfortable. And I will still suffer through that rather than spend like how long does it really take to shave your legs? And half the time you only shave the bottom. So how how many seconds are we really talking about here? Like 90 seconds? I know know it is odd that the amount of time to do these like small (laughs) groomings gets just like eliminated even though it's not like time consuming you're in the shower already but we it's almost like a fuck you to life in a way you're just like no i i am just gonna give up kind of oh yeah when you're depressed like you definitely aren't shaving your legs or when you're like ugh, you know drained or you know all of when you're not operating at your like optimum you know rate that's your legs aren't getting shaved well i just don't care yeah, there's no care for it, but as soon as you do shave your legs, I feel like a million bucks. I feel well, like I've just like conquered the world. Just to like close out on this fun story, <laughs> I, I, my, he couldn't take it. He was like, "Babe, please, I just please, can you get rid of it?" So I was like, "Okay, I'll, I can do it myself. I'm that skilled." not shaving sugaring that is I said but I need you to hold the mirror it'll just make it easier for me so he's like oh okay holding the mirror and watching me do the process and he's like well I can I can do the strip I can help you and I'm like I don't think you can like you do actually kind of need to be trained because like there's a certain technique but he's adamant about trying so I let him try what does he do he like rips off my armpit basically I had a huge bruise and that was that will be the last time he ever gets to try and then because of it he grossed himself out so bad and like was horrified by my like purple and red and pink armpit from his tear um that he basically ran out of the room and refused to help me anymore so that was uh, a good bonding experience for us too so ladies if you ever want to like know how your man's gonna react let him rip hair off your body and see how that goes I love how that was a major deterrent of your relationship. Not the children coming out of your vagina, but like sugaring you and and hurting you. Like he did. Well, that's why. That's why he didn't like it because he hurt me and he freaked him right out. So it was, I mean, I was hysterical. I thought it was so funny because men just think they're just so like 
able to do everything and you can just really cut them down a notch when you're like okay <laughs> let me and then I also have sugared his chest which it was like a full 40 year old virgin like Kelly Clarkson moment which was also painfully funny but like the painful was for him and the funny was for me <laughs> well, I was gonna say you think it's hard for them to do the sugaring like let's imagine every time you ever see a guy um Every time you ever see a guy getting waxed or anything like that, or even, like, having their eyebrows plucked, they, like, cry like little babies. So, you know, I don't want to put them out by hurting them too much by sugaring you or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) But, yeah, this is where we're at in um, lockdown. And um, (laughs) this is the extent of our excitement these days. So. You know, any of our listeners, if you have any of those experiences, please share so I know that I'm not alone. Um, but uh, on a different note, we have a really great show. Um, it's a repeat guest. But before we get into it, we'll shout out our sponsors and then we'll fill you guys in. Yeah. So thank you to our sponsors, Vitality MD and House of Hyla. Use coupon code HERSPECTIVE100 for $100 off when booking the Vivive treatments or the O-Shot at Vitality MD. And you can find that at VitalityMD.com. And House of Hyla, don't forget to use HERSPECTIVE code 20 for 20% off when checking out a purchase of a Generation 2 pump. Amazing. So we are being joined again by the amazing Shay Invidiata. This is actually part two. We had her on back in March, and she is the founder of the not-for-profit volunteer organization called Free Them. Free Them is dedicated to ending human slavery. Uh, Free Them is a Canadian organization, so primarily focuses their efforts in Canada, but they do assist with other organizations across the globe. Um, So we wanted to have Shay back on because we didn't feel like we had enough time and enough discussion with her in part one, which we spoke mostly about the sad reality that human trafficking, sex trafficking, human slavery is very, very real. It's very much a reality in Canada. Uh, I still think that there's a belief or misconception that this is not something that exists here. It's just in movies. That is incorrect. I wish I wasn't saying that, but it it does exist here. Or especially in, you know, cities, Anywhere. cities like Toronto, like people, I know for a fact, I certainly didn't really, you know, really fully understand the issue until Shay shared some stats with us. So I think we didn't really get, I, I think that episode stuck with us so strongly. We had to have her back on again to like really further that conversation. But I know for a fact, you and I, Laura, we, we really, I guess we really took that home. Like we really felt that conversation and want to do our best to spread more awareness and do what we can to fight, the fight against human trafficking. Absolutely. And yeah, exactly. We wanted to have her back on to further the conversation. Um, A little bit more focused on like, who runs this? Like who is invested in this? How is this allowed to be such a huge operation? And you'll hear some more statistics in this episode, but just right off the top, it is over a $150 billion industry. And that is terrifying when you think about that honestly this is, you only yeah. think like 
jewelry or you know tech could be worth that much money and more talking about the commodity of children and young women um and of and course young boys men as well and, yeah yeah boys as well so the, so hearing those numbers is something it, it's very traumatizing and like i said it really stuck with us i do recommend you guys go and listen to the first part because it kind of like paves the way and builds a foundation for this conversation this is just a little bit more in depth uh, and if i guess like lauren said part two so just to get the background information on this issue uh we cover that in part one yeah and like i said it is a episode we did back in March, and the episode is called Free Them, uh, featuring Shay again. So uh, yeah, we were talking a little bit more about like just who are the key players, why are we not hearing about this in the news the way we obviously should be. If everybody that you know, personally we know, would be against something so horrific, um, the abuse and just like the exploitation of our most vulnerable in societies. I, I don't think I could go up to anybody and say, hey, yeah, that's a great idea. Or I'm totally into that, right? Like nobody. Um, but somebody and clearly many people are totally for this. So it's, it's not a super fun episode in terms of like levity and laughter, but it's such an important episode and it's really become, like you said, Jess, really near and dear to our hearts. We have committed to start, you know, taking action in ways uh, to bring more attention to this, not just on the podcast, but uh, one of the things Shay mentions is you can write your local MPP and ask them what they're going to do while in office to help fight against human trafficking in their area. Yes, it's in Toronto. Yes, it's in the small cities and towns. It's everywhere. It's not a joke. So, And um, they have to respond to you. So don't feel like your you know, letter to your MPP will just be brushed off. They have a legal responsibility to respond to you. So maybe that will help you feel a little bit more empowered to reach out. Yeah, exactly. It is by law that they have to respond. So do it. Why not? Like, what do you have to lose? And um, once we get our letter drafted up, we happily will share that out. If anybody wants to uh, send a letter to their MPP, we're happy to do that work, get a template yeah. going. Um, so, yeah. But uh, it, it's, a re- again, I can't, like, stress it enough. It's a super important conversation. Um, it kind of goes along with some of the stuff that we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks, obviously COVID being at the forefront, which this industry has profited hugely off of since the beginning of COVID uh, for obvious reasons, and Shay will get into that too. Uh, but, um, you know, it's just more about the importance of being a critical thinker, and we've been talking a lot about that lately uh, because – we've been kind of more enlightened and awakened. And I know those are buzzwords, but it's true. And you should be questioning some of the things you see and hear wherever you get your news, your media. Um, everything shouldn't be taken well, at face value. In general, Critical absolutely. Critical thinking is something that, you know, uh, academia teaches you. It's something, it's an important way to operate your life and to um, and to always be questioning and to always be taking you, you don't have to take things at face value at all times. And I think that's just something that we are just trying to get out there. We're not trying – again, we say this often because for some reason, for some unfortunate reason, having alternative views to mainstream media leads to people believing that we're, you know, conspiracy theorists or whatever the fuck. It's ridiculous. But really all we're just trying to say is 
We're not convinced of anything and we're not trying to convince anyone of everything of anything. We are just simply looking for information. Yeah, and exactly. You you should be questioning. Um, You know, this is your lives too. And these are your people. And we should always, always just be asking questions and demanding the right answers from the people that are supposed to provide them. Um, So just, yeah, don't get too complacent. You know, sheep mentality is a real thing. I'm not innocent of it. And I'm grateful that we've had these experiences with a lot of our guests. And just in terms of conversations that we've been having with different people, you and I especially just together, that has really helped, you know, make me mm-hmm. look a little deeper and ask a question and and just, you know, question what what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing um, because it is so important. So yeah, and I think we're naturally we're naturally curious women um, and that should not be penalized or we should not be criticized. made to feel exactly, exactly. We should not be criticized. We should not be made to feel like we're, you know, <laughs> trouble we're- or something. Yeah, that like we're that. shit disturbers, or and and yeah. same with anybody else listening that is in the same position as us, and that you're just like, you know, this just doesn't feel right or seem right. Like you are not wrong to question. Uh, we fully support it. Like you already said, Jess, we're not sitting here trying to convince you. We're just trying to say there is other opinions and perspectives and information that is credible and does matter. So I mean, I don't want to like kick it and kick it and kick it. Um, I think our listeners get it, uh, but this is going to be a great episode. If if this is especially if this is an area that you're interested in, really gets to you as well. Um, take a listen and make sure that like you take some action. Let us know if how you'd like to get involved if you want to, and we can put you in touch with the right people. Um, but just also, it's great for awareness. Just so maybe you can you know, recognize something that may be off one day. Um, One of the things that I did want to share that we didn't chat about during our call, though, is this isn't a joke at all because I asked Shay if she's ever been concerned for her life while working in this area because there are people that don't want you to try and stop them and shut this down. And luckily, she hasn't had any direct threats to her, but she has colleagues and friends that work like in this realm too that have experienced different kind of threats and death threats and um so if you're ever sitting there thinking like oh no that doesn't happen here you know it's not a big deal or people don't care like there are people so many people out there that are literally putting their lives on the line for our children and I mean ours because children need to be protected whether you're their parent or not we all have the obligation to protect our most vulnerable. So I will leave it at that. Super excited to have Shay back. She's just so great. And I'll welcome her to the show. Thanks again for being here, Shay. Welcome, Shay. This has been a long-awaited part two of the conversation we had a few months back, and we're really um, eager to chat with you and continue the conversation that we had last time. Well, thanks for having me. I I noticed I got a trigger warning <laughs> on the release, so um, it's it's nice that I get actually welcomed back, even though <laughs> I got a trigger warning. So, thanks for having me. Yeah, no, thank you so much. And I think you know our conversation last time was so informative, so insightful for us, uh, Lauren and I specifically. So. 
we definitely wanted to explore. There's just so much more to it. Um, and I think that we're super motivated to, to get all the information because we're, we want to help and we want to, you know, this, this is just such a problem and we want to like shed awareness to it because as we will explore today, that is one of the biggest issues, I think, besides the main issue. Yeah. Um, with, yeah, besides the horrible thing that it is, but, um, so yeah, I think that's kind of what we wanted to really focus on today with you. Yeah, and just a quick recap, um, because we may have listeners that haven't heard part one. Basically, we are talking about, and Shay, I'll let you reintroduce yourself, but we're basically talking about um, human trafficking in Canada, but also around the world. And uh, Shay, if you want to just tell our listeners who you are again. (laughs) Yeah, sure. So... um... My name is Shay. I'm the founder of Free Them, uh, which is a nonprofit organization that uh, raises awareness and funds to fight human trafficking here in Canada and and abroad. Uh, Founded in 2010, so we just turned uh, 11 years old in January. And back when, you know, I was looking to found Free Them, uh, the the biggest gap, if you will, was the the knowledge was the awareness component. People did not know, um, never mind what human trafficking was, but that it existed in Canada. And so back then it became our mandate and it still is today to uh, focus on all things to do with preventative measures to fight human trafficking. And so that means from uh, legislation, awareness campaigns, speaking engagements, community events, um, pre-COVID, of course, it was uh, physical and doing different events around uh, the city, around our nation. Uh, and now we've, you know, shifted that to things online. Uh, but really, we believe that you can't fight something that you're not aware exists. And so um, that is the first step. And then the default is, is that we end up raising funds uh, through the different initiatives that we do. And so we partner with the best of the best organizations, frontline um, agencies that are taking in victims who have been rescued to rehabilitate them, restore dignity, uh, bring them to healing. And then, um, of course, the hope is to be able to reintegrate them back into society, uh, learning new life skills and so forth, to be able to go out and do things that we take for granted, basic thing how to shake somebody's hand properly, where to look, you know, um, how to budget, how to get a job, how to put together an outfit to go get a job, you know, like things that we wouldn't even think about um, that so many of these girls have been robbed of. And so we partner with those different safe houses that are doing that work. But uh, Free Them, we've changed uh, the criminal code in Canada three times. We're a stakeholder to all levels of government here in Canada, uh, federal, provincial, and then we're sitting uh, in Toronto. So we're a stakeholder at the uh, municipal level here. And, uh, and then, yeah, we do all kinds of other work. So uh, if you want to learn more, you can always go to our website at freedom.ca or follow us on Instagram. It's just free underscore them underscore to learn more and join us. Amazing. So thanks for having me. Yeah, and um, I hope that in the near future, those events will be able to be in person again. And um, obviously having them virtually is still great for people to get the information and ask the questions and, and just become more informed. But I do hope that, like, because we want to attend, Jess and I, we'd love yes. to. I mean, yeah. we can attend virtually as well, but we want to, you know, meet the people involved and, and be there too. So 
I hope that is going to be a possibility sooner than later. And to meet you in person, which would be great. I know, it would be so nice. But yeah, so I mean, you said like pretty much everything about um, what freedom is and where we wanted to take the conversation today because we kind of touched on it at the end of our part one and we actually said we're going to have to have a part two because this is this is a hard one because I think if you're aware of human trafficking and I, I really don't know how you wouldn't be. I mean, even if you just learned about it in a movie, um, not that that is the right spot, but like, you know, you're you have some awareness of it. But the thing is, it is not something that is made that we are made aware of in our day to day media. And mm-hmm. I mean, by media, I really more mean news channels. Yeah. Um, yeah. If we're not, if you're not following Free Them, or you're not part of another organization, or following another organization, you're not going to get this information. So there yeah. seems to be a level of censorship around anything to do with human and child sex trafficking. Why is that? Uh, well, I think s- simply put. Um, it's obviously it's a very ugly it's a very dark topic and when you have uh something anything that affects children across the globe it goes without saying even in um in countries where human rights is not on their top priority list um when you're talking about the innocence of a child it's usually the one main thing that we as a human race can agree upon is that you just, you don't mess with children um, on any level. And so the magnitude to which it's happening, not just in Canada, but in the United States and around the globe, and who it involves, um, it causes for it to be something that is very suppressed, um, is very hush-hush. And some of the very people that champion for children's rights and children's safety and... Um, love in general, right? Like loving people are the very people um, who are profiting off of this and who are are participant and an active participant in it. Um, And so, yeah, it can become, uh, it can become very challenging. Uh, It can be almost, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not hard to stomach, but um, surreal, right? Like and I guess it's the word that of 2020, right? Conspiracy. Mm-hmm. And that's where that yeah. word comes in. It's like, it's that it becomes too hard to stomach and therefore um, it's not happening, right? Like, yeah. and it's easier. It's easier to say that something so horrific is, is not actually real than having to face it and address the ugly and address the, the torture, address the abuse and and how it infiltrates all different levels of how it's woven into the fabrics of our society and our industries and our workforce and in media and in Hollywood and in in politics, you know, in our schools and our faith communities. I mean, the list just kind of goes on and on and on. Oh my God. Right. That's obviously highly disturbing. Yeah. It yeah, is easier to turn a blind eye. I mean, we've all turned a blind eye to something, one thing or another in our lives and because yeah. ignorance is bliss, right? Like we all we know from a psychological standpoint, like our brains are designed to protect us from things that are unpleasant or emotion like triggering emotionally, anything like that. So it's already kind of built into us. So this is a yeah. situation where you have to 
push through that and force that aside because there are millions of people and this is information that I've learned from following you and listening to you that are suffering because of this industry and you gave some really harrowing statistics um, last time we spoke and I think I recently saw that like it's a hundred and fifty billion dollar business. Like that seems mm-hmm. insane to me. If if what we just what you just said, like it's ugly and most people are, you know, they love children and they would never want to see any harm come to children. How can this be a hundred and fifty billion dollar business? Like it just it makes yeah. no sense. So there's obviously some very very high up key players that are funding it. I don't know. Yeah, you know, and I. I think it's worth mentioning that on our on our last call, you know, I talked about how um, when I first my journey started in 2003 and when I founded Freedom in 2010, the stats back then was that it was a 30 billion dollar industry and 11 years later, it's 150 um, which, you know, in call it a decade, just over a decade, um, it's more than tripled, um, you know, five times. Yeah. And so it begs the question, if, if we know more, there's a responsibility to be better and to do better. Right. Um, and so why isn't that happening? Why do we not have uh, stronger legislation in place, uh, to really come down um, you know, uh, on it. Um, there are like little milestone wins along the way. Um, you know, where I, I don't know if you guys would have heard, but, um, there's a bill in Arizona, um, it's HB 2889 and they just passed in the house in the Arizona house, um, that if you're convicted of a child sex crime, so sex trafficking, child pornography, which if you listened in last time, I say that those two words should never go together. Um, but this is how it's how it's written yeah. here. But um, child pornography, uh, production and distribution, etc. You're going to prison for life. As for you life. should. And Honestly, it's crazy that it's only just getting... I, I mean, I don't want to undercut the milestones that we are celebrating, but it's crazy that it's only just... Yeah, that's it, only just happening. Right. And that's also not even uh, all of the states, right? Like that's just Arizona. That's one state. But it needs to be that type of level of severity so that it is a zero tolerance, um, you know, when you're when you're convicted, if you're caught um, to really address the demand and to address the situation. Um, but like, it's, it's a very lucrative, very, very lucrative industry. Um, there's a new film coming out and, um, I'm going to, we can come back to it later, um, about what the film is, but it it is going to be highlighting around, um, human trafficking, the realm of adrenochrome, which is again, I think a lot of people in 2020 would like to use the word conspiracy with that. A hundred percent. I just learned of that and... If you try and search it, you can't. Like you have to go yeah. to an alternative site like DuckDuckGo, and yeah. I yeah, there's I've spoken to that. I've spoken about that to almost nobody because 
they're basically going to say, go put your tinfoil hat on, right? And it's so yeah. hard to find information, which is what, like exactly what we're trying to understand. Like the censorship is real. If you don't believe that, Google it yourself. Like this is not us making things up. It's hard when you start talking about things like that um, and adrenochrome. I don't even know what if we'll get into this, but sure. it's something that's so outrageous and, and I guess surreal is another word for that, that that is um, – it's just it's crazy it's so unfathomable right? it's unfathomable that something like that is is you know desired by people so when yeah. you start talking about stuff like that or thinking about stuff like that conspiracy theories come up or or you know it's it's feels better to like chalk that up to a conspiracy theory just so you don't have to admit or or realize that that like the world is so ugly but Last So last time, Shay, when you were on, you mentioned cognitive dissonance. And I just feel, you know, with so many aspects of our life, and, you know, we talk about this every friggin' week with COVID, it's in the media, it's just so prevalent. And I'm so aware and my eyes are so open to the fact that cognitive dissonance is so, such a default, you know, operation for everyone in, in so many aspects of our lives, right? Like not just COVID, but especially with something like this, with human sex trafficking. And I think that is why we are these people that you know operate these lucrative businesses of trafficking children they are they have that they're lucky because society operates with the cognitive dissonance as well you know what i mean they're so banking it's like on their it. benefit they're banking on it yeah. and benefiting from it so they're of course going to want to perpetuate it right yeah yeah and and, and you know i've always been of uh, the mindset of if you have nothing to hide, then what's there to hide, you know? And so when you look at, when you look at Google and everything that has been unplugged from the internet over the past year, and there's been, um, a huge effort to, um, cancel culture, people who are speaking out on injustice issues, not just with, you know, sex trafficking, um, we've seen other things of, that have happened this year. Um, and it begs the question of what are you so afraid of, right? Like what, what are you really trying to hide? Because at the end of the day, mm. um, Google, the government has never given a shit about us before like this. They've never been, they've never cared to protect our minds, quote unquote, right? Um, I don't know if you guys recently saw, but I just posted on my Instagram story that and uh, Trudeau, and he's been talking about this and doing this for a while, but Trudeau just came out saying that internet cens censorship is safe for Canadians. And it's like, never before have you cared to safeguard the minds of Canadians or of children, because if you did, you would take all that energy and unplug child rape and child exploitation and um, all kinds of exploitation that is taking place on the internet. Well, yet, the seemingly real issue. Right. And yet still with everything that's been deleted from the internet this year, we still have things like Pornhub that is, you know, basically profiting off of the rape of predominantly females and also young males as well. And so, you know, it's, it just blows my mind away. And so, uh, you know, when you look at a word like adrenochrome, um, it's extremely, it's extremely hard to stomach. It's extremely hard to believe. Um, but there is enough 
there have been enough um, FBI testimony um, uh, speaking to not just cases of, but actually having to watch film, watching like the evidence tapes oh my God. of these taking place. Um, and, and it's an, and it's in front of us. Like, I don't know. I'll just throw this out there. Um, I've been watching this show called queen, uh, queen of the South. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys I've heard, heard of it. it. Yeah. yeah it's like trending it. on Netflix right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to say it's actually like pretty good and, and it encompasses it at all. Right. It's talking about drug cartels between Mexico and, um, and Arizona, um, and, some other spot on the border, New Orleans and one other place. Anyways, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. But because of even the drug cartels, you're seeing the girls that are trafficked to be drug mules, meaning they're the ones that have to transport the drugs and they're swallowing the packets of cocaine, hoping they don't erupt, right? Like the the older way of really smuggling drugs, right? But you, there's that in, uh, in this series. And it gets to a point where... Um, one of the, uh, the girls who's like rising up in the cartel, she goes down to Bolivia to meet with one of the other drug lords ahead of a cartel down in Bolivia. And the whole thing down there is adrenochrome ceremonies. Oh my God. About taking people, draining the blood, they're upside down, and then they drink of the blood. And it's like, you might not know that that's what adrenochrome is. Um, and you know, for anybody listening who does not know, it comes from the word adrenaline, right? So when adrenaline is produced into your body, um, it goes, of course, into your your bloodstream. And so if you're an athlete and you have like in the fourth quarter, your adrenaline that kicks in to have that extra oomph when you're totally exhausted, you get that extra kick. It's an adrenaline rush, right? That comes into the body. Well, adrenaline can also be created out of fear. Yes. And so as a child... If you are scared, um, if you're being tortured, your adrenal is going to start to really go up. Because it's a survival and mechanism. It's designed to it help is. you survive in certain situations. Like if you needed additional yeah. strength or speed or whatever, that's what it's supposed yeah. to be helping you have if right. you need it. So yeah. And when you do it into a child, you gain the youthfulness that comes with that through their blood, with the adrenaline, with the adrenal in it. So it's why, because you could say, well, why wouldn't you just do it to an adult? And it's like there is genetic um, transfer of younger genes of like youthful blood, if you will, um, that helps to stimulate in an older human's body a younger appearance. So that is partly the purpose around it. Um, but there's also a satanic component to it where it's around satanic um, ritual and sacrifice. And again, it's easy to say conspiracy theory. All you have to do is go read history books from any culture. Go look at the Egyptians. Go look at the Aztecs. Go look at like through Babylon, like the idea of taking human beings either offering them up for sacrifice or torturing them and draining their blood and then celebrating with it is a very old ritual. It's ancient, yeah. Um, it's ancient, yeah. And so this isn't something that, you know, somebody just made up in 2019 and all of a sudden came on the planet in 2020 and people are like, whoa, this is so far-fetched, like you're a conspiracy freak. It's like, no, like 
go look at the history books. But it, it does seem like this is coming up more. So maybe like let's chalk that up to maybe like what you're doing and other organizations and other um, people against human trafficking are starting to generate awareness where people are like, okay, what is going on here? This is not right. But the, the problem with like shows doing things like that is A, I think it glamorizes it a little bit because it's it's thrilling because if you're watching that for entertainment you're like oh this is scary it's creepy like all the reasons we watch tv and movies and sure it's for entertainment but it's interesting that you can basically throw it in the face of society that this these kinds of things are happening to our most vulnerable but then you can't but you can't talk about it in the news well i think that's what why they can get away with that because it's like oh that's from the movies don't be silly that shit does not happen in real life that's too that's sensationalized right it's not real life um and then that way people can stomach the fact that oh i can watch this and enjoy this because it's not real it's not a threat to anyone right yeah and you know what um i think the part of uh, one of the hardest things out of maybe 2020 and this again goes back to cognitive dissonance is that there is so much in film that we have been we have been led to believe is too far fetched and is make believe. Yet we are literally every day living more into that existence of those films that we all thought was too far fetched. Well, usually with movies and TV, though, if you look for alternative information, you read different um, articles and and reports and things like that. It actually is more on the side of movies and TV, film, whatever, is actually kind of leading you to say, like, this is either happening or this is going Mm -hmm. to happen because Mm -hmm. the people involved have some kind of information. Yes, a lot of it can definitely be sensationalized and it's an imaginary thing and it is flat out entertainment like I don't think we're going to be going into the Hunger Games anytime soon but I also wouldn't put it past the world it isn't so far-fetched absolutely not nowadays maybe five years ago we would have said oh that's ridiculous but now even it's like okay well it's not like the craziest thing anymore well anything's possible let's be real but the thing is it's like in a way these the stuff that we're watching is almost like preparing us for what is either happening or what is to come and then we almost and it's desensitizing us to it right yeah i I mean i i i think as well um if you just even watch in the past two months if you are willing to be open and to hear what is being said they are literally and by they you can interpret who they is yourself but they are literally showing and telling you what is happening, when it's going to happen, and how it's happening. And it's it's again, it's easier to be to to move forward in a disbelief that the government, powerful people, politicians, beloved movie stars, could ever do anything that is evil or horrible. 
I think we need the they. So, can you give us yeah, any the, names? Like, can you give us examples of who these people are? Because, like, I also think that why do they deserve the protection if they're actually involved in these things? And not just not just the they, though. Like, also, what are they doing? Because a lot of... Okay, let's just back it up for a sec. And, and this can apply to, like, again, so many things beyond human trafficking. Just simple sure. people living in the world, uh, watching the news. We're obviously... I think Lauren and I, you know, we've talked a lot about how it feels like there is like a propaganda effect with the news. We are being led to believe what they want us to believe. They 100 percent. So there's an agenda. So, yeah. What who is making this agenda? Who is they like? What? Why? What are we supposed to believe? Why do they want us to believe something different than reality? I think, you know. That's a lot, I know, but like, like Shay, overall, like, know what everything. is going on? <laughs> What's happening well, in the world? Shay, the oracle, I mean, tell us. I know, yeah. right? I know. I'm like, I can fully answer it. I'm not necessarily saying I'm right or wrong. I can totally answer it. I just, I just feel like it might go off, but I do think it is. It is still all connected. Um, so the reason we want you, sorry to, to again, the reason we want you to say something that might feel like it's going off is because we are trying you know little bit by little bit to normalize that one one perspective one opinion is not the only one just because the news says it it doesn't mean it's the only one and it doesn't mean that you're a conspiracy theorist or you are a radical or you are a rebel of something you know what i mean we're just trying to speak logically we're just trying to like you said if you are open to hear other things. We want people to be open to hear other things. We're not saying yeah. you're right or wrong. We're not saying we're right or wrong either, but there's too much. We just want to gather information. It's too impossible for there to only be one narrative. It's impossible. Sure. So that's what sure. we're trying to express. Okay. <laughs> Take a breath. Take a breath. Yeah. I'm like, the, the thing is, is that it is it is the probably the the largest most complex web if you will yeah. and there are so many different parts and yet they're all interconnected and unless mm-hmm. you're and i'm not I, I don't want to even say like the term going down a rabbit hole i really don't like when people say that i agree i think it's i think it's about doing your due diligence and doing your research. And so that when you hear something, you read something, it's like, one, we're, we're, who's the source? Number one, you know, like if I see on Google that something ha- or, or like factcheck.org, which Bill Gates owns basically, and it says it, it's not true, I'm like, I don't believe you because you own it and it goes against your narrative. And so like, sorry, you know, I'm going to go and fact check it a few other places. Um, oh, okay. So where do you guys want to start? <laughs> she's Our listeners can't see, but Shay's like sweating. She's like, oh my God. This is I, not, I, th- like, I know it's a lot. I'm like, I'm drinking this coffee and it should be like an espresso martini <laughs> or something. <laughs> and honestly, this is not a laughing matter, but we, I mean, sometimes what else can you do? Like you have to kind no, of. No, you have to put that, some levity to that these nervous, things. It's um, that nervous laughter because of this conversation is very heavy. And, but at the same time, it needs to be talked about. And I don't know where to start either. Okay, this is where we should start. I'll tell you guys. Okay, Jess, tell us. You just said Bill Gates owns Fact Checker. So the fact that a person 
who, and let's be real, every single person has an agenda. So the fact that there is a person, nobody can be objective. He owns a narrative. He owns our narrative that we are supposed to operate under in our world with our news, with our everything. And we are supposed to just blindly trust and live by. So how, why can we say that one person owns this and we should listen to that? Like, doesn't that seem outrageous? Let's start with that. So, I mean, and I'll just take it a step further with that, you know, over, um, it's either over 96 or 98% of all, all media outlets in the United States are owned by five corporations. I'm sure it's very similar in Canada as well. Yeah. And I'm sure even that they, you know, own, own, it crosses over. Yeah. Yeah, You know, um, for, you know, example, um, you know, Jeff Bezos, who, if you don't know who that is, he owns Amazon. If you don't know who that is, he, open a damn book. Or no, you're yeah, you know, under a rock. Hey, some people don't know names, you know, they just like Fair. know somebody owns know. Amazon, you know. So I just always like being like, if you don't know who that is, like FYI, um, you know, he owns the Washington Post and he owns other different media outlets. And so there's one guy who it's, you know, amongst a handful of others that literally control the entire narrative. And if it goes against it, it is why when World Day Against Human Trafficking comes in July, it's like, where are all the celebrities standing up for that? Where are all of the news outlets on that? Like, they all go silent. It is very hard to get the media to be speaking out on on issues that, really, really need more exposure. And we talked about this, I think, the last time about how the media loves bad news. Bad news is what 100%. sells, right? That's what people pay attention to. So it's it's not that this is too dark for the media. It's that they are not covering it because the the small group upstairs is not allowing it to be too covered. close to home. And they allow them, it right? like here and here. It's too close to home. And if you step away, I always say you got to follow the money. You follow the money, you're going to find the players. And you will see that the players all end up being the same. There is a small group of people that have an agenda. And whether you want to start at Davos, at the World Economic Forum, again, it blows my mind how many people think that that's a conspiracy theorist, a conspiracy theory. The World Economic Forum has been meeting for, for years, over a decade, of the world's most... Uh, notorious billionaires that come together to talk about the state of the world, not government and politicians, billionaires to say, who's in, who's out, what are we going to do? What are we going to change? And, you know, people like Warren Buffett and Ted Turner, Rothschilds, the Rockefeller family, Bill Gates, you know, um, there's, there's a whole group. Um, And um, what's his name? Uh, Klaus Schwab's right. That wrote, the fourth industrial revolution. He's the chairman of the World Economic Forum. He is the one that is the champion of using COVID as an opportunity for the great reset. Again, another word that people think is a conspiracy theorist, but it's like, but our prime minister went on national television and said that COVID is, and I quote, it is a perfect opportunity for a reset. Like, you know, so it's like you either pay attention and you go and do research or you go put your head on the pillow and just look the other way because you sleep better at night by doing that and dismiss what's actually happening in the world, you know? Um, okay, so how do they you- allow that? This guy is a rich guy doing God knows what. 
how are they so lucky that everyone in the world is not being like, hello, what the fuck are you doing? Because money talks louder than anything there is. Is it simply because it's not going in the news? Like, and we just don't know about it? Um, I, I mean, it, in, it, to an extent, yes. But again, you also have to look at like the image that has been painted. Like even if you just take Bill Gates, for example, like I would bet that the average Canadian, the average American does not know that Bill Gates was in a huge lawsuit against the American government with Microsoft years ago because of um, different evil and wrong activities that he was doing in the marketplace. And it was really giving himself a bad name. And after that had happened, um, basically that's when he stepped down from Microsoft. And most powerful people will tell you the best way to regain power um, behind your name is to become a philanthropist. Pick pick a powerful person in our world today that it does not have a notorious foundation next to them. Well, wasn't that Jeffrey you, you Epstein's be able to find title, it. like philanthropist? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was. And again, Bill Gates has his own, yet he was speaking with and meeting with Epstein to, to do a foundation together. You, like... Really? Yeah. Why? Why, would you why want is that? Why? Why do you associated with him in any way? Like the guy was a known even if pedophile. he had all Correct. the money. Yeah. Like. Yeah, but but if you're Bill Gates, you don't need Epstein's money. So again, it begs the question: you you're not partnering with him because you need his money. You know, you're not partnering. You, you're just not. Even him going down on his own plane or on Epstein's plane, and people have said, "Oh, well, you know." I, I, I don't even know, like, really, like, the excuse for it. And it's like, you have your own plane. Why do you need to be on his plane? Like, you could have flown down, but you chose to go on his plane. Okay, fine, whatever. Um, but you, at that level, you're not partnering together because you guys need each other's money. You know, that's like saying Warren Buffett needs Bill Gates' money. It's like neither of them need it. You know, Jeff Bezos does not need Bill Gates' money. Bill Gates doesn't need Jeff Bezos' but, money. So, okay, at the end of the day, none of these people need money. So just kind of connecting it back to like trafficking, human trafficking, it's a $150 billion business. Now, at the end of the day, no one, the key players or players, I don't know if they're key players, whoever, like some of the people that we've named that we think may have some involvement within the trafficking industry, they don't need any money. Like you, so what is like the goal? Like, I feel like it's more insidious than money. It's like power and Again, this is where you're going to get slapped with, well, you're a conspiracy theorist if you just think, like, they're doing it for fun. I'm not saying that they are. But, like, just bringing up Epstein's name, then you've got all these other billionaires. If you were truly, like, a good person, a philanthropist, like, someone who wants to help the society, help the world, whatever your goal is, you should have the common sense and just, like, no interest in being associated with somebody like that. Now, could you say, oh, well, I didn't know that he was like that. Of course, you can play that card or they could play that card. Now he's a convicted. Well, to an they can't extent. play that card because senators have come out on national television to say we all knew. You can't play that card. Exactly. Like, so so whoever, whoever says that, um, it's just, again, I would be like, well, you've just not done your homework. Um, you know, so again, keep keep digging, go do more research. But it's they all knew. 
Um, I would like to just clarify, though, by me naming certain billionaires like Warren Buffett, I'm not saying at all he's involved in human trafficking. Epstein is very different than Warren Buffett. Um, and from what the, the, the information and knowledge I know, I have no reason to believe that Warren Buffett's involved in any way. Um, you know, but you would um, think he'd be aware even, of it, right? So he's got power. Yeah, I think, he's got money. I, I, yeah. Would he not be someone who is like you would think would want to be against this? Like I'm hearing a lot about like um, Robert uh, Kennedy being an uh, activist against all sorts of things. Um, oh yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, and and but you, it's very difficult to find information with about him and like what he's doing also, which is really interesting. And anything that you do find, like all you're gonna see is like conspiracy. This has been debunked, debunked, debunked. He had seven hundred. 750,000 followers on Instagram and they unplugged his account. He is, he is one of my absolute favorite people, I think like on the planet and not just because uh, like I've, I've followed his work for a while. Um, he has the child defense organization, so you can follow their Instagram over there. You can sign up for their email called the defender. Highly recommend that. Um, he is very science-based, uh, plethora of research. Um, but yes, there's a campaign that Facebook has put out against him, um, to basically try to remove and label anything that he has said. Again, he's a Kennedy. Go look at the Kennedys. Go look at JFK. You know, some people think like, you know, he just died. I mean, it, we, I, I don't believe that. You know, we know, we know senior was assassinated, junior. Um, I don't think it was an accident, you know. So they're actually good um, people as far as we know. Amazing people. That we're trying to do amazing good things. People. And then, so, I mean, yeah, yeah like I know we kind of, I got, I derailed us a little bit there, but. No, I think Lauren, you had a good point. If it's such a lucrative business, is it because these really rich billionaires are funding this business? For what, like you said, you think it goes past that and it's more about the power because I think, and I, and I share a similar stance with you, Lauren, where it's like, well, when you have everything in the world, literally anything that you want in the world that I think that gets boring. So then they try to like evolve into something else. And that's like you said, far more sinister. I think that's how it could get there because otherwise how, how, what you, when you can do everything in the world, why would raping a child or you know participating in these things like why would that be an option or how is that ever an option a lot of it comes down to um power and control Mm -hmm. right and you know um and even regardless of what you you think is or is not happening in the world as a whole none of this is about money although there's trillions of dollars that is being made off of covid right now Um, We've seen an influx of human trafficking as well, right? And that is a whole other conversation. Um, But regardless, it's it's not, you know, there's, again, there's a few that are making billions upon billions and hitting trillionaire status because of it, but they already have all of that money. So when people ask that question, you know, like, they could never spend all of that money for the rest of their lives. Like that's that's the Many whole thing, lifetimes. you know. And so it's like and their families, yeah. if they have children, if they have yeah. other, like, there's yeah. no for for hundreds of years they're set up for life. So the, it's not um, it can't be a money thing. 
No, this is really about um, what I call like micro God status. Mm, So this is about control. It's about domination. Um, It's about robbing people of, of, of self, right. And, and being in full control over that. Um, And, you know, and, and so that's like what, what you're seeing. And, um, there's a lot of people as well as the further into, into what I call like darkness or the evil side, it becomes pleasurable as sick as that might sound, right? Well, like that's there like, are, it's the only explanation because you, you think when you have a group of people, like not all, how do all of these rich guys just happen to be all pedophiles or, yes, that's you know, attracted my question too. that way. Like how is yeah. this, the people, the names that could be associated with this industry like they're all just born sick pedophiles and it's not just men like I'm not gonna be out here saying it's just men um I wish I could in a way but I mean mostly men it's yeah it probably is but it's like there but what are the chances that what it is or do you become like sick for power or sick with power like and and Shay I don't actually expect you to know the answer to that um but it's, well, you probably have an idea. Yeah, it's just this is what becomes mind-boggling, and I think when you actually start to unpack it, and you, and I don't like the term rabbit hole either, even though I use it, but it's like the doing. You say do your due diligence. It's hard to do the due diligence. It's hard to research. It's hard to get the information because it's purposely not readily available. Well, and um, what are you gonna write? Like, how? Why are rich men pedophiles? Like, yeah, that's never gonna. I think there's like a combination, right? Like. If you, if you want to continue to gain more power and wealth, um, it comes at a price. And there's a certain point where you become exposed to things that you wish that you never saw. And yet now you're privy to that and you can't unsee that. And, um, you know, I'm Italian and my, my father, his, um, part of his family is from Sicily and you know I think a lot of people know the joke around Italians is like you know you don't ask questions like questions get you killed mm-hmm. right and so when you see things that you're not supposed to see um, then and you become privy to that you're now an insider and there's no escaping that there's only one way to escape that so you either um you either comply, you either go with it and you become it, um, or it doesn't end well for you. And we've seen, and we talked about this, you know, um, the, the last time, Isaac Cappy is a really, really great example in Hollywood of somebody who seen too much, wanted to expose it, um, was not suicidal at all, and even said, you know, when they kill me, they're going to say that it's suicide. You know, and there are a plethora of people that have been murdered by suicide is the term that like I I yeah, say, you know, sense. where um, and you can you can go and look like Avicii is another one. You know, I he was totally murdered by suicide. Go look what at his Kate last Spade? music. Yeah. Kate Anthony Spade, Bourdain. another one. Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, exactly. Like the list goes on and on, right? And all you have to do is go look at what they were doing the last six months of their life to expose the evil that's going on, not just in Hollywood, but like amongst people, powerful people and um, around child trafficking, exploitation um, and what what's happening in the world. And then all of a sudden they're suicided, 
you know? So, um, I think people would have that, a really hard time connecting those dots. Like they just goes back to cognitive dissonance. Like you just don't want to believe that. Like no way they were just obviously depressed. Like, I mean, Paul Walker allegedly wasn't suicide. He died in a car well, accident and I use air quotes, but yeah, but I, yeah, like I know what you're saying. So I think connecting those Even, dots. I'm going to go as far. Uh, I'll throw one out there. Look at Princess Diana. Mm-hmm. Okay. She did not just die conveniently in a tunnel in a car accident. There's reasons why Prince Harry has left the royal family. There's reasons for that, you know? And I'm not going to pretend to know the, the dark and inside, but we know enough. We can imagine. Um, yeah, and we know enough. They've already shown us enough. Like, yeah. look at Prince Andrew. And um, as much as he denies, there's photos, there's but documentation. Even, why, there's so why all are we kinds of. Them off the hook when it's like, there's a photo there. Anyone can be like, well, I don't remember that. And then yeah. he says, well, and then people say, well, there's a photo of you. And he's like, well, I don't remember it. And, and then we're like, okay. Because that's that just case? what happens. Again, you have five people, five corporations that control the media and they make it disappear, you know? And it's, if you continue to push it and you continue to poke and you continue to pry, there's only one You'll outcome for you. And you have to decide it, what what's worth it. Look at what even like journalism, journalism 30 years ago to what it is today is so lame and so weak. I mean, you used to have investigative reporters that would like be be true like whistleblowers, right? And now it's like, we've all seen the videos. And if you haven't, you can go scroll through on my Instagram. I've posted it at some point. And it's like the media for all across the nation, it's stitched together where they're saying the exact same thing, all the media outlets. And so, you know, um, but they're they're a great example you know, um, of, again, I, go, go research Princess Diana. No, it's, like, I, to me, I fully agree with you. And I've been saying that a lot lately. And I don't know, maybe is it spawned because of everything that's happening with COVID or not with COVID, but because of COVID. Um, but I it just became I, really clear. Yeah. And, I think and with COVID, I've said things to you, Jess, like, sure. There, what is, how are we calling any of this news? Like the things that we're hearing about us, right. COVID aside, this is not news. Like, this is not news. I don't even know how else to say it. And it's like, I'm getting nothing from my media. And it seems ridiculous because it's almost like it's, you know, the person with the shiny object over here, right? And it's like, oh, look at another TikTok or look at another reel. And here's another celebrity that's divorcing or whatever. And like as someone who's always kind of been interested in the entertainment world and like I'm, I'm not like a starstruck person, but I can't lie and say curiosity doesn't, you know, get to me with some of the stuff that they do in their lives. But much more recently, I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like, why do we care? They're just people. Right. They're people with money yeah. and power. And why the do I care what the Kardashians are doing or not doing and like it's just it's almost like it's on purpose like it keeps you so numbed and like sorry to say but like dumb and like you can talk to people and so many of them are like so invested in these like celebrities lives and they have no idea they don't want to know about anything else that's going on in the world because it's too much and it's like our little like sad little brains are just like messes and all it can really handle is like 
Kim Kardashian and Kanye divorced. And you're like, Well, okay. because we're told if we look into something that's more important, then now we're conspiracy theorists. Right. Which, who wants to... Who wants to be a conspiracy theorist? You're just trying to learn stuff. Yeah. And when you have that, like, negative connotation to educating yourself, it, it's discouraging, I think. It is also too much. Whenever it's I isolating look into things. also. It's very isolating. Like, thank God, Lauren, you and I can talk about this. And we can, you know, find people like Shay who can talk about these things. Yeah, exactly. But it is it's so isolating when you talk about your to to your friends or people who aren't really in the know or even awake or even open to be enlightened even a little bit and i say anything. these like mass terms yeah to even question anything right it doesn't even have to be yeah. like you're a different person now it's just to even have an open mind about interpreting news or the lack thereof you know it, it's it's completely isolating and it makes you feel crazy and it's so dark and you and you spiral a little bit sometimes i think and okay so you know as we are coming to an end you know, I know we could talk about this forever with you, Shay, but like what how do we leave off? What do you tell people? So I'm going to I'm going to say a couple of things if I can. Of course. Yeah. Um, I a part of my morning routine is I read every morning um, and I was reading uh, something from Tony Robbins this morning and he said something that I thought was very profound is that we are drowning in information and starving for wisdom. I agree with that. Right? We are drowning in information and we are starving for wisdom. And I think that there is a a lot of profound truth behind that. And I have been saying to people, and if you know, you follow me on my Instagram, which is just my first name and last name, Shane Vidiata, um, you'll see I use the hashtag um, saying research challenge. And that's really what I encourage people to do is to research it. And I think it ties into what Tony Robbins was saying, you know, like there is a ton of information out there. There is a control of the narrative. Um, And again, it's like, you got to go, you got to go to what the facts are and the truths. And even right now, listening, don't take what I'm saying that like, there's like a handful of corporations that own the media, go do your own research, Google it. How many companies own the media outlets in the United States, you know, and you're going to see some sources say four, some say five, some say six. But like the point is, is that it is a handful of corps, right? Go and find that so that you're confident in the information that you allow to stay in your brain, right? Like truth nuggets, truth pieces is what we should be focused on. And, um, and yeah, like there's, there's a ton of garbage out there. There really is. And I think right now more and more the information that is being spread through media, through social media, through, um, the people that are, you know, Zuckerberg and all of them that are controlling it. It's also with the intention to divide. And I think that's the saddest thing, um, that we're already become a society and it's over everything, right? Like you're you're a masker you're not a masker vaccine not like you know you wear gloves you don't wear gloves like to open a door like it's just it's everything right um you believe in adrenochrome you don't you like believe in sex trafficking you don't like there's so many things and so um I think for you as as an individual it is really important to know that you have done what you can to find the source of truth and the only way you're going to be able to do that is through research. 
Um, and so I just encourage people to, to do that and to study it, to, you know, pick something, learn it, know it. Um, there's an organization in the States um, called Operation Underground Railroad. On Instagram, it's Our Rescue. And Tim Ballard is the founder of it. And in my opinion, he's arguably um, the, the one of the world's greatest heroes that have ever existed. Um, you know, for me, he's up there with like Martin Luther King, with Gandhi. Like he, he is really up there um, as a modern day hero who goes in to the darkest places around the world and rescues children out of sex, sexual torture um, and exploitation. And they are releasing a new film, a documentary film, that's going to expose a lot of what we're talking about. So um, follow their organization. Um, you know, they have, they have close to 750,000 followers on Instagram. Uh, he's the real McCoy um, and they do phenomenal work. And there's a lot of hope there as well. So I think, you know, there's a lot of positive um, things that they share. We support them. Um, we did our campaign last year for World Day Against Human Trafficking. The funds went to go support the work that they do. Um, and so that's what I would encourage. I would encourage people to stay tuned for what's to come um, and being selective on who you choose to listen to. Like when I think about human trafficking, Tim Ballard, um, you know, is is a great source where they're doing frontline work. You're hearing it from people who are in the trenches on the day to day. And anybody else that tells you otherwise or tells you that he's full of shit or like whatnot, they don't know what they're talking about. Um, I think, I mean, I, and I know we're wrapping up, but it's like, if you don't think it's real, why don't you talk to one of the victims? Like it's real and it's a huge issue and it's happening everywhere and there are victims if if you can't have anything else for proof take the victim as the proof like well and if you don't think it's real it's because you don't know right clearly or else you would see real truth so why would your just assumption be to not believe that right yeah. yeah. And, and again, you know, it comes back to cognitive dissonance and it's just so much easier. There's a lot of people who feel that if they know something now, they're obligated to do something. And, and I'm a firm believer in that. I think we all have a responsibility that when you become aware of different injustices that are happening in the world, we have a responsibility to that, especially if you're born in a place like Canada or the United States. I agree too. Um, me too, you know, doesn't think... mean you have to start an organization, doesn't mean you have to be Tim Ballard, you know, but you can do what you can do to make a difference, like what you guys are doing. About it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, but what if we want to do more than that? Because this is something that Lauren and I are talking about. We, You know, Shay, I, I you know, in, in the best way, you like really stuck with us so much and kind of traumatized us when the last time you were on the, on the pod because it's it's so real it's such a problem and we are like able to help and we want to help so what about people that were also like really struck by things that you said like what can we do today to help um what do you, you're well, on the like you you know you're in the trenches you're on the ground what do you need so there's always like our government always needs to hear from civilians always and 
I don't know if I said this the last you time, did, but, but I always think it it's good. Yeah, for people to know, right, that um, we, the people who elect government officials, um, that's why they're in office. And so anytime you call, you email, you send a postcard, um, by law, they have to respond to you. They have a duty to respond. And so calling, calling an office and saying, using who cares if it's our legislation or not that's happening in Canada. I shared the example about Arizona State passing that law. Cool. Call your MP and say, do you know that in the state of Arizona, they just passed that if you have a, any, if you are charged with a sex trafficking offense, you have life in prison. Why isn't the Canadian government enforcing this? And what is your office doing today to enforce and protect our children? Right? Call them. Like that's a that's a very easy one. And the more people that are constantly putting pressure on politicians, they want your they want your vote. And when they know that this is what um it is at, what the people are asking for, that's how you start to make the change. Um okay. and never dismissing the power of your voice, you know? So um Calling your MPs, calling your MPPs, your your councillors in your city, whether you're in Aurora, you're in Ajax, you're in Scarborough, wherever you are. Um, if you want to take it a step further, create a petition. Create a petition um, around exactly what we just said. Again, we'll, we can use the Arizona one. Petitioning the government to say that we want to have stronger pieces of legislation to show that Canada is serious about protecting our children. We want to have stronger laws like the state of Arizona. You can go on there. You could copy the bill. Um, you know, you put it into a Word doc. You put the lines on it. You get people to sign it. And if you can get, you know, 100 signatures, 200, 10,000, 30,000, you can put it on change.org. Start your own petition there as well, you know, and it's free to do that. These are all small ways that, you know, it, it pushes, it forces government to make change. Um, right. And I never, ever thought in my life we would be so involved in politics. I always was like very bored with the whole government politics thing. You can do awareness campaigns till the cows come home, till like you are blue in the face. But if you are not putting pressure on the government to change legislation, you're going to be doing the same campaigns for the rest of history because there's no pressure on government to enforce what needs to be done. And so both need to happen. It's like, you know, as a citizen, it's great to, to have the media do interviews, be on podcasts, wear t-shirts that, you know, say certain things to help educate the public. But ultimately, if we want to see change last and take place and have this, you know, the ripple effect go out, it, it needs to happen in, in our government. So, um, follow the organizations, uh, definitely, you know, share the information, use your platform where you can, how you can share one piece of new information. Um, and, and I would, I would say like as much as freedom's like super grateful for people donating because we are in a time where we're not able to put on events um, as much as we, we are going to do our campaigns um, and I'll probably be able to get a few sponsors. We just, I keep saying to people like donate to an organization like Tim Ballard's because they are the ones that are rescuing the children. Donate to Covenant House in Toronto because they are taking in the victims of sex trafficking, you know, to Aurora House is another one here in Toronto, Deborah's Gate out in Vancouver. Um, and they really, really need it, you know, and in the COVID times, um, as you guys can all imagine, 
uh, you know, charities are the first to usually feel that withdrawal of funds, right, from people's donations. So, um, you know, find an organization that's fighting human trafficking around you that's reputable and uh, and support them. Amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, there are things that can be done that are relatively like simple in terms of like your time and your effort. And I think if a few more people or a lot more people actually just took that time and Jess and I will say here and now we're committed to doing something, whether it is just writing the MPP in our area and and kind of asking. Well, we'll definitely start with that. Yeah. because it's just this just can't go on forever like it's only going to get worse if it does and we're so grateful that you take the time to speak with us shay and share your knowledge and information and do the work that you do um so can you just tell and our listeners- offer that other perspective yes and very much that so one more time tell our listeners where they can find you to get more information um on where- wherever you are. Yeah. So you can uh, definitely join our newsletter, which you can sign up for that freethem.ca. And we send out a monthly newsletter so you don't get bombarded. Uh, follow us on Instagram, free underscore them underscore. And um, my DMs are always open as well. So feel free to follow me on Instagram, which is just Shay Invidiata. And would love to connect. Thank you. And as Amazing. always, follow us at Herspective underscore podcast. And you can always reach out to us if for some reason you can't get information from Free Them. Uh, we would be happy to help um, guide you in the right direction. And again, thank you. Um, it's unfortunate that we have to have these conversations, um, but I'm glad that we have. And you opened our eyes even more today with uh, new information and we're committed to doing our part to try and assist with the mission of ending human trafficking. Thanks, guys. So thanks, Shay. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.